The information age is over. We are entering the experience age. Hey, my name is DJ Soto, and I'm the pastor of VR MMO Church, and you're listening to The Future of the Church is the Metaverse. Ice in my veins, I've been driving this train. Years in this lane, there's no stop in this flame. Cause I came to the game and I changed it to play. How I like rearranged it to my own domain. Yeah, I got what it takes. Made lots of mistakes. Taking shots, skipping breaks. Feeling lost, feeling great. Popping off, singing straight. Never stop, never changed. All the squad here to play. And I've got something to say, yeah. I work hard each and every day. I get lost in the words I say. I don't push pause, no, I push play. I won't stop till I make a change. Hey, everybody, welcome to the very first podcast for VR MMO Church. I'm really excited uh, to dive into a ton of stories. Really, season one is going to be filled with a lot of stories about virtual reality church, church in the metaverse, church in MMOs. I know there's a lot of people that are getting into this space, a lot of people are confused. Uh, a lot of people are confused about what it even is. What is the metaverse? You're hearing all these new terms coming out there. Remember back in Web 2, uh, when you first heard someone say, did you Google it or did you sign up for Facebook? And maybe you were looking looking at them with you know crazy eyes, like, well, what are you talking about? Well, there's new terms coming down this metaverse line, uh, Web 3, blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, a lot of crazy stuff. And I think in the future, we're going to get into that stuff. Uh, but today is season one. This is the origins of VR Church, where we came from, a little bit of the story of um, what happened when we set up VR Church. And we're going to hear some great stories throughout season one. As a matter of fact, I got a couple of co-hosts with me for this podcast. Um, I want to welcome Coldest from Spain and Alice from the UK. Uh, what's up, guys? I hope you guys hey. are doing good. How are you guys doing today? Yes, we are, man. <laughs> good, good, good. Glad to be here. Coldest, tell us uh, a little bit about you. Where are you from? All that stuff. Love to hear yes. that. Uh, my name is Coldest, or well, that's the name I use online, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm from Spain. I have been a volunteer here in BRMMO Charles for like three years now. And uh, yeah, very excited to get this uh, this podcast rolling. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. I'm excited about it too. And um, by the way, uh, for those of you listening, we're going to do a full episode with just Coldest um, and just Alice. So you might not hear a lot from them today as co-hosts because I'm going to give you guys the story of the origins of VR Church. But don't you worry, uh, Coldest and Alice's story, uh, which are beautiful, are going to be coming coming very soon. Uh, but Alice, uh, where are you from? And and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Alice. I'm in the UK. I came to VR Church about. Just over two years ago, because so, most of my friends say 24 months. It's got that little tracker on it. So it's been over two years. Um, I came as a troll, but we'll we'll save the juice for later. And yeah. I like doing creative things and hanging out. Yeah, she came as a troll. And that's uh, the title of your episode, by the way, is The Future Queen of Hell. So I can't wait to, to dive into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yes, um, Coldest and Alice are just uh, indispensable at VR MMO Church and their talents and gifts and abilities. But we'll hear from them later. Before we get into the first episode, I want to thank our diamond sponsors, Digivangelism and Churchblock.io. Alice, tell, tell us a little bit about Digivangelism. So if you find your faith community's online presence too confusing and time-consuming to manage alone, look no further than Digivangelism. 
Digi helps progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing and light online through digital ministry, consulting, website building and education. They also have a new digital ministry training hub where you can access exclusive workshops, screen share walkthroughs of various online platforms, their entire digital communications review course and a space to ask experts questions for future videos. Visit digivangelism.org for a $7 all-access trial of the training hub and see how Digi can help you better share hope, healing, and light online. Thank you, Alice. And we also want to uh, thank our other diamond sponsor, churchblock.io. The pandemic has catapulted the church into forward-thinking ministry. Ten years ago, churches were pondering over whether they should have a YouTube page or not. Now, just about every church on the planet is live streaming on YouTube. The church is once again at the precipice of a new technological wave called blockchain. Blockchain is the underlying technology for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all other forms of digital currency. Millennials and Gen Z are adopting blockchain tech for everyday life, from investing, buying real estate, and even receiving payments for services. According to a report by Morning Consult, 57% of all crypto adopters are millennials and 13% are Gen Z. In light of these questions, churchblock.io was created to provide answers. Churchblock is a customized solution for ministry leaders who are seeking answers and opportunities in this paradigm shift. Email info at churchblock.io for a free consultation or visit churchblock.io to learn more. All right. So thank you so much to our sponsors for sponsoring season one of The Future of the Church is the Metaverse. Now, I know when you hear that title, it sounds pretty jarring, but I've been a physical church pastor and I've been a Metaverse church pastor, and I've discovered some beautiful things in the Metaverse that I think that's why I say that phrase, but we'll get to that later. And I really just want to take some time in episode one to tell you the origins of Virtual Reality Church where it started. Many of you may have heard this before. We've had the privilege of being on many media outlets and have been able to share our origin story. But perhaps for some of you, this is the very first time. So we're just going to dive into it. Um, Short story long, uh, we were pastors at a physical church in Pennsylvania, my wife and I. We were there for many years, part of their leadership team, executive team, helped launch one of their uh, campus sites, I was a campus pastor for several years and just really uh, just love the people, love the area. But it was about 2016 when my wife and I felt like we needed to do something new. And we didn't know exactly what new meant. We thought that meant we were going to go plant physical churches. So that's what we set out to do. We sold all our stuff. Um, We were getting ready to hit the road, attending church planning conferences. About the same time, the Oculus Rift was about to come out. Now, uh, the Oculus Rift was the very first consumer virtual reality headset. Now, VR enthusiasts out there, you guys are saying, wait a minute, VR has been around for a long time. Uh, we've had we've seen VR for 30 plus years. And that's true. The technology was there, but not at a consumer level where you could go to, like in the US, Best Buy or go on Amazon and order uh, Oculus or the, the Oculus Rift. So that was the first time we've ever seen that. And so I was reading an article about it, and I said, man, this is looks really interesting. Uh, the articles were saying this is a legit technology because new things like this come around the block and you think to yourself, is this just a gimmick? You know, what's the deal with all this? And by the way, Coldus and Alice, I might ask you about your first inter- experience with the VR here in just a second. So just to kind of cue you guys up there. But I remember saying uh, to my wife, Carrie, I was like, man, we should order this. Uh, I think this is something we need to get into. 
And so I got the Oculus Rift. Now, at the time, it was quite expensive to get into because you needed a powerful computer to run VR. So it's not like today in 2022 where, you know, you get the MetaQuest 2 and it's standalone and you don't need a computer. Back then, you needed a computer. You needed to hook up sensors. I was a Mac guy at the time, so I had to buy a new PC for the VR. Um, so the PC was expensive and the VR was, was at least twice the price uh, that it is now. So it was kind of like, expensive to get into VR about 2k. Um, and so we got it and we're a family of gamers and geeks, Overwatch, Fortnite, Minecraft, all that stuff. And we were just having a blast with it. We weren't thinking virtual reality church. That wasn't on our mind. We were just thinking games experiences. And and by the way, they're, they're amazing. Uh, you think you've seen it all. I remember playing some VR games that were just so incredible. It's so immersive. Um, and we just had such a a good time with that, but like coldest and Alice, um, your first time in VR, what was your like initial impression? What'd you guys think? It was pretty cool. I mean, pretty mind blowing, honestly. And there are like so many little things you can do in VR. You cannot do in like, uh, you know, in a regular video game. And, and it even, it even, you know, there are some games that even work to, to exercise. I remember, like, I am a big fan of uh, Pistol Whip. Ah, the Pistol Whip is great. Yeah, I I enjoy Pistol Whip a lot more than Beat Saber. And every time I play Pistol Whip, I end up, you know, sweating and, <laughs> you know, going straight to take a shower. It's great, and it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Pistol Whip, <laughs> for, for those that haven't gotten to VR, is like, you're like John Wick but in a music video or something like that. Exactly. I, don't, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but um, yeah, just picture John Wick um, in a music video. But yeah, like, like Cole was saying, there's so much in virtual reality. Ex- like there's so much like exercise, video games, movies, and Alice is an artist. Um, and there's art in VR, painting, 3D painting, all that stuff. Alice, what was your first experience? And then, in general, and then specifically, particularly as you get when you got into art. Yeah, so I started off in VR making art. So my first ever VR quote unquote headset was just a Google Cardboard, and I had a mobile phone that wasn't compatible with Google Cardboard because I didn't have a lot of money. So I'm, I kind of rigged it up and made 3D videos out of my paintings. So I wanted to make my paintings 3D and that was my first experience. And eventually I managed to get an Oculus Go, which I thought was the best thing at the time. And then when the Quest 2 came out, I sold my Go and got a Quest 2. And now, because I've experienced it's such an upgrade in terms of games and creativity, that I think, oh, Google Cardboard's rubbish now, even though it was the best thing at the time. So it's just advanced so much. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the the Oculus Go and then the Quest 2, like a night and day difference. And then the Go was a night and day difference from the cardboard. So you're actually in cardboard era, um, which is pretty interesting for those listening, confused with that is what um, is Google Cardboard or what was Google Cardboard? So it was quite a cheap solution for VR. So you'd have to use your mobile phone and it was... So there were headsets that could be cardboard, made out of cardboard, and some lenses, which is why it was also called Google Cardboard, but you could upgrade on plastic ones, and you'd slot your phone in, and there were certain VR apps that could 
work on that phone. Not very many, or you could watch 3D videos, but it didn't track movement or anything like that. It just, you know, played videos and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so later on, I'm going to ask you guys about social VR, your first time interacting with people as avatars, what that was, what, what that was like. But yeah, to kind of, you know, cover what you guys were talking about, there was so much to do. It's an incredible experience. Even simple things are amazing in VR. Just being in a room with a, in a 360 environment is just mind-blowing to experience that. It feels like you're there. Your brain thinks that you've been transported into another dimension. That's why you see like YouTube videos of like people like jumping and smashing into walls because their brain thinks that they're actually there. They know they're not like deep down, they know, but the brain is like in that fight or flight or just mode. That's like this, this monster is coming at me. This dragon's about to eat me, you know, and you see people jumping and screaming. And so uh, it's a fascinating technology. We're, we're at the beginning of it, but going back to 2016, when, we got the Oculus Rift. I remember my first time experiencing the metaverse. Now, I know the metaverse definition are out there is are all over the place, and people like to define it differently. But fundamentally, we're talking about social VR. That's how Webster defines it. These 3D immersive virtual reality uh, social experiences. The first metaverse I ever experienced was the summer of 2016, um, Altspace VR. It's currently owned by Microsoft, but at the time, it, it wasn't owned by Microsoft. And I remember going in there, saw, saw it as an app, downloaded it onto my uh, you know, virtual reality headset, and went in there, and I was blown away. I've never seen anything like it. These avatars walking around in these 3D immersive social spaces, walking up to people, saying a hello, how are you, turning left and right. This, it felt like you're in interacting just like you would in the physical world. And my mind was just blown away by that, just to experience that. And it wasn't too long. And this is by, I, we had already left the physical church at the time. And it wasn't too long where I thought, man, I would love to try to start a church here. What would it be like to have a church service? I wasn't thinking like this big church plan. I wasn't thinking like, meta, you know, metaverse church initiative. It was just more of an experimental thought. So that was like June on a, like a Friday in June in 2016. Uh, a few days later on a Sunday, I had my first church service in virtual reality. Uh, we called it like the VR church experience or something. I put it out on social media. At the time, you know, nobody had VR, but I just, you know, put that out there. And I went into Altspace beforehand, uh, created a room, uh, plugged in some like worship videos and slides. And sure enough, Sunday came and I had my first church service. Did not know what to expect. Uh, on, at the first church service, there were five people who attended. And I was so excited. A physical church planner might be really upset that only five people came to their opening church day. That would be really devastating. But for a metaverse church plant, I was so excited. I thought it was interesting. Uh, the first visitor was an atheist from Denmark. And he came in. He was like, man, I don't know what this is. All, this VR church is all about, but I'm just curious what it is. And I don't believe in God, but I just want to check this out. And as a physical church pastor, I've never had that happen. I never had to like a, a person who would not uh, claim to be a faith to come in and say, hey, I just want to see what this is. Um, so that was unique. And the light bulb really came on on how special that this could be. And so for that first year in 2016, uh, we held church services. It was a little bit sporadic. It wasn't necessarily every week. It was probably um, every other week. Um, but I found it to be very special, very beautiful. Um, I'd say most people would would say they weren't Christians. 
Um, maybe some would say they don't even believe in God. Um, and it had a great conversations with atheists and agnostics. And it was just so uplifting in the sense that we could have these conversations and they weren't combative. Uh, they were encouraging as far as we were sharing ideas and sharpening each other. And man, that's a good point you have. Well, what do you guys think about this? And we would go back and forth. And so that first year of 2016, way before COVID, VR Church is in a pandemic pivot. It was established a long time ago. Uh, was a, was a very special time um, in in the early years. But before we get into what happened in 2017, I'll tell you that in just a second. Uh, Coldus and Alice. So you got in VR, you know, you got the go, you got the quest, whatever. Um, and then you started meeting people in, in the metaverse and with as avatars. What was your first reaction? Because I've had friends put them on and like freak out that somebody was talking to them. So what was it like for you guys? Uh, I do remember jumping into Altspace and VR chat. Those are like the, you know, the usual uh, to-go applications for socialing in, in VR. And, you know, um, like I wasn't expecting nothing crazy because, you know, at the end of the day, you are just, you know, using um, like two screens to trick your eyes into uh, making you think you're actually there, but you are, you know, not actually there. <laughs> and uh, you can actually uh, move your, your, your head around and stuff. But suddenly, maybe little by little, you know, moving your, your arms around, moving your head around, like you can nod when having a conversation and you can, you know, you will find yourself actually uh, making the same gestures you would make in real life when talking to, to, to anybody else. And that suddenly adds so much to the conversation. It makes you so much expressive. And obviously there is also the whole deal with the avatars, like, I enjoy this character, I'm going to use, you know, like a, an avatar of him in VR chat, whatever. And that also, you know, adds a, a lot to the to the conversation. It's like wearing, maybe like wearing a shirt in real life, but well, in the physical world, quote unquote. Uh, like maybe, you know, I am a big fan of Cabo Vivo, and I have several shirts of Cabo Vivo. So if, uh, you know, anybody can tell I am a, a fan <laughs> of that because they can see it in, 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 you know, in my character, basically. Yeah, yeah. Your, your IRL character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my IRL <laughs> character. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> in real life, just in case someone's like, what is he talking about? Yeah, so yeah. The, same, the same deal applies. If I am wearing a, 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 an avatar in VR chat, everybody will know immediately. Yeah, you know what? And that sparks a thought I want to get into real soon. Um, is relationships in virtual reality, how people express themselves, how we interact. Because a lot of criticism that we received about VR Church early on and still today is that, well, if people are in their avatars, they're going to be fake. They're not going to be authentic. They're not going to be real. And we'll talk about that later, but it's the opposite. I find it to be the opposite. But right, avatar creation is a massive part of the metaverse. Um, it's part of like your... Uh, expressing your identity digitally or virtually. And it's interesting is most people try to look like themselves to some degree, which I think is really interesting and really fascinating. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like what we do. You know, we dye our hair, we spike it, you know, we do all, we wear clothes. Same idea, like Coldus is saying with Cowboy Bebop, great anime, by the way, and um, how he expresses himself that way. But in, in digital and virtual ways, we express ourselves as well. Um, 
But what about you, Alice? First time in the metaverse socializing? Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, so I don't think I was, I didn't go crazy over it, but my initial experience was, wow, this is, this is addicting. So I kind of, my first week on a go, just because it was so immersive, much more immersive than just being on a 2D screen. It was it was addicting. I loved hanging out with people and it was hanging out with people that I didn't really do in the real world as much. Um, it was a bit safer. You could meet interesting people from all around the world. If you didn't like some, somebody or a space, you could just hit the quit button and... Um, it was just, yeah, really interesting and amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was going to wait till later to talk about like relationships mm-hmm. and connections. Let's just hop into that right now. I know we're doing Ooh. the origin story of VR church, but, um, but that's like the main or not the main, but one of the main criticisms about, about people in the metaverse, you can't have relationships. You can't, you know, there's no discipleship. There's no real connections. And man, I found the opposite to be true. We have close mm. friendships with people that I've never met before. Pastor Lena, we're close friends. Obviously I'm close friends with you guys as well. And we've never physically met. And so I think that speaks to the power of the metaverse, the power of the technology to connect people. And um, also when it comes to the authenticity, there's a, there's a quote I like to say is the anonymity of the avatar creates a deep authenticity. So going back to um, avatars, people are going to be fake because they're behind an avatar. That is absolutely not true. I found the opposite that people are deeply authentic, uh, perhaps because they uh, feel safe. They don't feel judged physically by their, you know, high, you know, are they tall? Are they short? Are they larger? Are they skinnier? You know, what race are they? You know, there's all these superficial subconscious judge, judgments that we make towards people just being human. And, um, that doesn't exist in the metaverse per se. So now we're having these connections. We're having these relationships that are spirit to spirit and it's powerful. So a quick example, then I want to get your take, Coldest and Alice, on this idea, this criticism and what you think about it. Um, but one example was I was doing VR church um, and we were traveling and I'll get to that in a second, but we were traveling for VR church and I was in Arizona and uh, this friend that I'd met on the road was observing me lead virtual reality church. And after a church one day, this like teenager from Boston came up and he said, Hey pastor, I want to talk to you about suicide or depression. I don't remember the exact conversation, but something to that effect. And later on, my friend was like, Whoa, that's crazy that he just came up to you and started, was this open and started talking to you, talking to you about those issues. And by that time it, it had become very normal to be metaverse, just authentic, quick connections that had to really think about it. And I took a st- step back, zoomed out a little bit, I'll go, yeah, that is unusual. Because I've been a physical church pastor, and it's tough to have those tough conversations. Not that we don't do that in the physical world, but that takes time and we build trust. But the the power of the metaverse allows us to really get to the heart of the matter very quickly. We feel very comfortable to be ourselves. I was just in VR chat today talking with people about that, and they said uh, similar words about feeling comfortable about opening up. And let me give you one quick example. Then Coldest and Alice, I'd love to hear your take about, uh, you may, maybe you haven't heard this criticism, but what do you, maybe you think the criticism is true. Maybe you think it's false. You know, you don't have to agree with me, but I was uh, traveling for a virtual reality church and I was, we were in, I think Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona or something. And a friend was watching me lead church one day. And after church, he noticed 
uh, one kid from Boston come up to me, started talking about depression and suicide, like right off the bat. And my friend was so shocked and surprised. He was like, I've never seen that before. Just never seen someone come up and open up that quickly. And by that time, I was totally used to it. There was this, you know, we were just in the metaverse for several years and um, it didn't shock me. But for him, it was like, it was a very positive, shocking thing. And so I was like, yeah, this is how the metaverse is. We're just able to connect and have deep um, conversations and had to be uh, deeply authentic. And so, uh, Coldest and then Alice, what do you guys think? Do you think this, do you find this to be true? Um, What are your thoughts on this type of criticism and this perception? that people are going to be fake behind an avatar? No, I think the opposite is true. Absolutely. And for better, for worse, and like, to be honest, obviously, uh, anonymity can help you to do like wrong stuff over the internet and not get any, you know, any backslash backslash for it. (laughs) But uh, at the same time, like things you like the, you know, you can just walk to anybody and start talking about any kind of controversial topic and you won't be judged or like even if you are judged you can just you know pull the plug and get out and right click the user uh, ignore whatever and that's it you know Uh, you can't just do the same things in the physical world because uh, maybe you will not only get judged but you may actually get persecuted for those kind of things. And I am obviously talking about the like anything. Like you can be actually persecuted for the most innocent things. Like, you know, oh I enjoy this football team. I uh, I enjoy this. I do I dislike uh, this group, this music, whatever. Uh I am gay, uh for whatever kind of thing. Uh you know, you can be not looking for trouble, not misbehaving, not doing anything wrong at all. But, you know, people people are people. <laughs> and so at times you need to protect yourself and act uh, like a certain way to avoid any kind of uh, possible repercussion. And yeah, obviously you- um, in VR and over the Internet in general, you can always, yeah, you can always pull the plug. Ignore users, get out of a Discord chat, whatever. And so this way you can be more authentic and start talking about uh, deep stuff for you or any kind of controversial topic. Yeah, I think you hit it on the nail when you said people will be people. So whether it's in IRL or whether it's in the metaverse, you're going to see the best and worst of people. So our friends at Digivangelism had a great quote, and I might not quote them exactly. Sammy from Digivangelism said... You know, because of that anonymity, because of that uh, behind the avatar, uh, there's kind of the best of both worlds. On the one hand, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to troll. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be a jerk. And so that's like the bad side of it. But on the good side, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to open up, be authentic. And I think that's completely true. And I think it's, I think it has led to really powerful relationships uh, for our church. And um, Alice, though, what do you think? You agree, disagree? Uh, what are your honest thoughts about that? Yeah, I think Caldus has some very good points. Um, so relationships behind avatars, avatars being fake, they're, they're not necessarily fake. Some people, like myself, have realized, oh, you don't have to look like yourself 
um, how look how you look in real life. In fact, you can make a character, but that character is made to kind of express my personality, um, who I am on the inside. So that's might be where some people get confused in terms of, oh, it's not real life. Um, but yeah, that's key. Expressing your personality. I really love that. Mm -hmm. Cause that's ultimately, uh, you know, um, just a really powerful perspective to have. And I think it's interesting to see how people express their personality very differently, at, you know, through their avatars, through the way they, you know, the, the, the colors they pick, the clothes they pick, you know, all of that stuff. I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Um, so yeah. Anything else? I didn't, want, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think some people who say, oh, you can't have relationships online in the metaverse maybe don't know how to have relationships online and in the metaverse. Cause I've, I've experienced really, really deep relationships through VR and online outside of VR. But as, as you know, I've been doing a master's course online in art and community within that. I don't think the people on there the people on the course or the people running the course know how to facilitate that community. So that's where in that course, I felt that disconnection or thickness and that inability to be real in that course. But so I think maybe you need to know how to um, make community online. You need to be involved and actually join because a lot of the people, the reason why it's at a standstill is because people don't want to get into VR and talk to each other. <laughs> So I invite them and they go, no. Time for a diamond sponsor break. First up is Digivangelism. They help progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light online through digital ministry, consulting, website building, and education. Also, churchblock.io is providing blockchain solutions for the church. Visit churchblock.io to learn more. We're kind of getting, just getting back into the story. We're kind of going through 2016. 2017 of your church is a very interesting year. A couple, a couple big things happen. Uh, first of all, in May of 2017, we had a very significant psychological shift. Um, up to that point, you know, maybe church wasn't weekly, maybe it was bi-weekly a few times a month. Um, but I remember talking with our leadership, which by that time, what started out as a very small community in 2016, I'd have like zero people show up, a couple people show up, you know, sometimes no one would be there. And I would do the full service as if the whole room was filled up. I would, you know, do the announcements and do the the music and the sermon because I wanted people to expect that I was taking this serious and that there was consistency. And I think that paid off because as we went through this 2016 and into 2017, we started having regular people attended and this little group started forming up that would be considered the the first leaders of VR church. And I remember there was this conversation that was like, you know what, we need to go and have church weekly. And really what that meant, and really the idea was greater than that, is that we need to think of this church um, in the metaverse no different than any physical church that you would see in your city or town. It's the same. And that psychological shift that we had uh, back in those years, laid the foundation for what VR church is today. And what it is today is a church planting movement. I think maybe people think, you know, VR church is like one singular experience, but it's a, it's across the multiverse. It's a church planting movement across virtual reality. And we've even added MMOs like Rust and Final Fantasy 14 online. And uh, we've got plans to get into to some more stuff that we're probably not ready to announce just yet. Um, 
And so that psychological shift back in 2017 laid the foundation. And really, that's something I'm going to talk about at, at, at the end. What uh, church, whoever's listening, maybe you're a church leader, maybe you're a church planner, you're getting into the metaverse. There is a, a powerful mindset uh, that you need to have. There's two thoughts you need to, need to consider, and I'm just teasing you guys for the end uh, what that is. Uh, but that's what we started doing in 2017, uh, treating it no different. Uh, we started having church services. We did uh, uh, the first uh, baptisms in virtual reality. We started having small groups. And 2017 through 2018, 2019, kind of leading up to, leading up to the pandemic was just doing the work of like cultivating this spiritual community in the metaverse, raising leaders, empowering leaders, uh, growing our volunteer team, uh, growing the elder team. There is just a lot that goes into behind the scenes of these spiritual communities. And so we were engaged in that work. And it was just been a lot of fun. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from the episode with you, Coldest, and you, Alice, but just a quick little hit about your first hearing about VR Church for the first time and then coming. So just uh, uh, to save the details, like Alice said, save the juice for later. Uh, but just give us uh, uh, just a little taste, Coldest. Uh, I thought it was something crazy, something out of this world. And I, I just needed to to check that out and, and see for myself what uh, what was that all, all about, honestly. Yeah, so you're like, this is, is this real? Is that kind of like what you thought? By the way, people yeah. come in thinking that. They, they think it's a joke at first, and then they see that we're like serious about it, and then they're like, whoa. <laughs> I had a guy come apologize after church one time. He was like, he was like, man, I thought you guys were just messing around, but you guys are taking this for real, so all right. Um, so I thought it was pretty funny, but yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Cause yeah, you, yeah, cause yeah. you found, you found this out by the Searmore video, uh, yep. right? Coldest. Yeah. That it's kind of like a semi, I don't, I don't know what's considered viral video these days, but it was like a, a video that got over like a million views from this YouTuber uh, talking about VR church. And I think that's how Coldest discovered it, uh, discovered it. And, uh, incidentally got to meet Searmore in Toronto, got some pizza with him. Great guy. Uh, but Alice, what would you think? Do you think we were crazy? How'd you hear about it? What was your what was your take? I mean, I just saw it as an event on Alt Space and thought, yeah, I'll I'll go here. I'll I'll see if I can argue with some people. <laughs> I'm like, haha, there's Christians online. Ha-ha, ha-ha. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with them. <laughs> Christians online. I'm gonna get them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get them. <laughs> that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh man, that's gonna be a good episode too. So. Anyways, all right, we'll save that guy. We'll save that for later. Um, so, you know, our first experience was in Alt Space VR. It was 7 p.m. Sunday night. Um, you know, it was very traditional, and I'll talk about how we uh, transitioned into something very non-traditional here in a second. But I remember it was like 7 p.m. Sunday nights, and then uh, many people from Europe, uh, from the UK, from Germany, from the Netherlands, uh, they said, "Hey, Pastor DJ, you know, we love VR church and all. It's cool, but..." Um, it's like 12 o'clock, one in the morning, whatever time it was. I was like, we need an earlier service. So that became the the seed for uh, planting another church, uh, VR Church Europe. And we're going to have an episode. I'll, I'll save a little bit of that, use those details for later, because we'll have Pastor Bismick on an episode um, coming up. He's uh, that's I'll, I'll save that. I want to get into it, but I'll save that. And he became uh, the pastor for VR Church Europe. Uh, that met earlier in the day on Sunday uh, for Alt Space, and um, Pastor Bizwick was one of the very first pastors uh, besides me at VR Church, 
And so that's kind of an exciting story. And then I, I love, we're going to talk about all the, you know, Pastor Alina, uh, Pastor Zach, Pastor Coco, the elder team. And there's just a lot of stories coming up for season one. And uh, I'm going to save that for later. So VR Church, and then we added VR Church Europe. And then we started getting into VR chat. Man, that's a VR chat's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I like all the the quote unquote metaverses. I know maybe they're not technically metaverses. We'll just call them. I love all the social VR experiences that are out there. Um, Alt space, and you know, we'll talk about Rec Room. But man, VR chat is something special. Coldest and Alice, I'm going to ask you about VR chat here in a second. Just what you think about it. But it's very different than Alt space. And and really, what I, what I like to tell people is. Um, these social VR or these metaverses, if you will, they're kind of like in, in the real world where we have like Paris, London, Tokyo, New York, you know how all those cities are just very different, very different vibe, very different culture. And in the same way, the metaverse inhabits that same like psychology or human experience where VR chats vibe is completely different than alt spaces vibe, which is completely different to rec rooms vibe. And so uh, let's let's talk about VR chat real quick. Uh, maybe we'll hit that in depth on another episode. Um, before we planted the church in VR chat, someone said to me, or maybe they said it after. They were like, "Why are you going to VR chat? That's a dark, trolley place." And I said, "You just answered your reason. We want to be uh, light and darkness. We want to provide spiritual community, loving spiritual communities for those in that for those in that environment. And so that's why we are in VR chat. But VR chat's like Ready Player One." It's wild. It's crazy. You can get a little PG-13 or more. Um, it's the wild west of VR. That's how I describe it. But uh, Coldest, uh, tell us, a, what do you think about uh, VR chat? Well, I mean, VR chat is obviously uh, a lot more fun than, than Aspace. And that is, of course, for better or for worse. <clears throat> All space is a lot more vanilla, uh, a lot more controllable. Uh, the, the entry barrier, it's far easier. But at the same time, uh, you know, art space is just more boring <laughs> than VR chat. There are so many crazy things you can do in VR chat. You can go play laser tag. You can go play football. You can like do so many things in VR chat. Yeah, that's true. And the way I describe it to people is, alt space VR is great for events. So if you're going to have an event, a uh, presentation, a class, a church service, alt space is the place to go. Uh, VR chat is not the place to go for events. <laughs> you, it's the worst place to go. Um, and we can talk about more about that later. Well, let's just kind of put that in your brain for a second. Um, and Alice, VR chat, because VR church was in alt space. And then yeah. we went to VR chat. Do you go there much? Because I know you're, you're in rec room. We'll talk about rec room in a second. Uh, you're a master rec room citizen of the rec room metaverse. But uh, VR chat, what's your thoughts? So I don't go there very often, but if I do, um, nowadays I tend to go in a private room with my friends that I've already met because, you know, you, you want to be safe. There's a lot of hackers and everything on there. Um, it's a lot more open to doing what you want. It's like, imagine you had a city. It's the city with no laws, basically, and it's all run by the mafias, different mafias. <laughs> That's how I describe it. And so that means creativity can be at an all-time high, but so can um, but it does give the power for yeah. bad people to do really bad stuff. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. That's a interesting way to put it. It's like that freedom has bred a lot of creativity and you'll experience some really amazing worlds in VR chat. But yeah, it can also uh, be a problem for trolls, for hackers, for crashers. 
definitely an issue we've had at VR Church in VR Chat. Definitely had our share of trolls and hackers and stuff, stuff like that. So um, yeah, alt space, VR Chat, and I think uh, this is something I've talked about before. Is the dark horse of the metaverse is Rec Room. Rec Room doesn't seem to get its uh, well. I think lately that's changing. Doesn't seem to get its credit. Um, and we we had a church in in Rec Room, and then some leaders left. So we ha- we don't we haven't had one in a while, but. We really want to get back into it because Rec Room is special. Um, I know it, the the branding or the vibe or the style seems to be more like the younger crowd, like Roblox or that Minecraft, that type of thing. But behind that is some really creative, powerful technology. I think it's the most innovative of all the platforms. Uh, when you think of VRChat, Altspace, uh, Rec Room, Horizons, I think it's the most innovative. And the accessibility is just off the charts. It just crushes everyone. So it's not just VR or your PC. It's your smartphone. It's your Android, iOS, uh, PlayStation, Xbox. It's you know 2D. It's just amazing um, how accessible Rec Room is. And that alone sets it apart. Um, but there's so much, and you know, we should probably do a full episode on record. That's probably a good idea one day, Alice, maybe we'll, we'll do a bonus episode for season one rec room, or maybe all the platforms. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in one of these episodes. Um, but, uh, coldest, uh, well, tell us about your, uh, interactions with, uh, rec room, but, uh, yeah, I really want to hear from Alice about that because she is definitely, that's her main platform. I, I presume. Yes. Uh, I got to say I'm not uh, very well versed in Rec Room. I am not like very super familiar with everything, but it is it is fun. It is great fun, and you know maybe uh, Rec Room uh, can't do all the things VR Chat can do, but it is safer, easier. It works just in a in a Oculus Two headset standalone. Uh, VRChat, I mean, VRChat works, quote-unquote, not fully, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can experience um, Rec Room at its fullest in just, a, in just a regular headset. And, you know, it is great fun. It is amazing. And I am actually, um, uh, you know, ah, oh, sorry, uh, my English is failing me right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I do actually want to get a lot more into Rec Room. Yeah, I think it's fun. Bowling, uh, a lot of so- strong social experiences, um, which you, you could probably talk a lot about, about, Alice, but the building in there seems to be next level. Um, I get a lot of questions about building in the metaverse. What are you, what's what's your take? So I, I really love building in Rec Room. So it's not, well, the entire platform of Rec Room is based on Unity. So it's got similar characteristics, but you don't import things from Unity like you do with VR chat or Space. Everything that's in Rec Room is built in Rec Room with the in-game tools, um, including shapes, and you can use tubing and ribbon, ribbon, which is like painting in the air, basically, to make whatever you want to. In terms of games, they are getting more and more advanced, so you see stuff a bit like VR chat, where you can go, well, there's laser tag and everything that's a Rec Room original, but user-created games are getting better and better as they add more and more technology and they're really pushing forward with more and more new things. And you can set up clubs to play games together and everything, and you can set up events. And, yeah, clubs and events are really big or just go to the rooms itself. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Rec Room is really cool. Um, I know there's other ones, Chill Out VR, and you know we could talk about Seminium Space and Decentraland and all these things. But really, in my mind, the the really the four top social VR experiences the moment is going to be Alt Space, VR Chat, Rec Room, and Horizon Worlds. Um, Horizon Worlds is great, um, but it's limited to the MetaQuest Two. I guess the only one um, that that can access that. Um, so they're all very unique. They're all very special. You definitely should check that out. So really our goal as a church is to uh, create spiritual communities across the metaverse. And so, you know, that's what we're going to continue to do. And it's so exciting to think about how, you know, VR church has grown to multiple churches and, um, and hopefully getting back into rec room very soon. Uh, but then we did a little bit of a shift. We had something new come down the line and that is MMO church. And I know uh, we're going to have an episode with with Pastor Coco here later about that. And uh, Coldus is involved with uh, the Rust Church as well. Uh, but we had this uh, kind of vision to continue planning churches, not just in social virtual reality, but in massively multiplayer online experiences. And that's what MMO means. Someone the other day was like, what's an MMO? Uh, massively multiplayer online. And so uh, hundreds, perhaps thousands of players on a server um, and we find that a lot of these have strong social tools to be able to create community. Final Fantasy XIV Online is fantastic. Uh, Rust has its own unique social um, serendipitous interactions that's, you know, just like VR chat can go sideways and crazy, but that's what makes it particularly special. And each of our churches across the metaverse are very unique. They're very special. They look different. They have a different vibe, but they share the same vision which is to cultivate loving spiritual communities across the metaverse. And so when we think about what is the mindset that we need to have when it comes to the metaverse, I've kind of changed my conversation about that with people. I used to talk about, oh, you got to use this platform like Altspace or uh, the MetaQuest 2, use this VR. I used to talk about platforms and hardware, but really the conversation needs to land in the mindset. Because people have this aversion, particularly the church, is really uh, have this aversion to digital and virtual tools. They think it's bad. They think it's up the devil. You know, all types of different reactions. But we're really finding a lot of power, powerful spiritual interactions, uh, powerful spiritual communities um, happening in the metaverse. And there's a couple things that I think people need to consider. Number one, that is a, a metaverse attendee is no different than a physical attendee as far as it, when it comes to church. They're the same. And that's the mindset you need to have coming into this. And then the second thing is, there's nothing a metaverse church uh, can't do as far as a physical church is concerned. It can do the same things. And I know there's probably a lot of theologians and church leaders that are going to maybe bristle and have a hard time coming terms with those two ideas. But really as a physical church pastor and as a metaverse church pastor, that's what I've discovered. That's like the greatest thing I can give to you that your attendee is no different than uh, a metaverse attendee is no different than an IRL attendee. And that the functions of the church can be expressed equally in the metaverse. And that's going to lay the foundation for ministry or for your church going into web three until you get there. I believe you're going to stumble. I, I believe you're going to have a hard time being effective because I know this is like a new mindset to have. I know it's a, a new perspective, but it is one that you need to have conversations with, with your church leaders, have conversations with, with your congregation. Uh, 
because Web3 is coming. It's a shift. It's a different paradigm. It's new. Um, but what we're going to see is a, a powerful opportunity to create these spiritual communities. And there's so much to say about this. And I want to talk about this, guys, uh, here. Um, and that is the, some of the people that attend VR Church literally or, or physically can't attend a physical church. They just can't, whether they're homebound. Uh, there's so many stories. And I, I, let me get you guys' take here in a second, but um, about what you think about this. Like, you know, you think of Pastor Alina, who's homebound in, in Washington. Um, there's another guy who's on a military base, you know, because of his particular, you know, role, he can't leave the base. Um, there's a, a gal with a form of autism on the autism spectrum, and she's able to come to VR Church and control like the input, the stimulus. She can get close or as far as she needs to get. And I can go story after story after story. I had a, a pastor friend say, you know, why can't people attend physically or go get baptized physically? And I was like, man, there, uh, being a metaverse church pastor, there are a ton of reasons. There is a there is a lot, and they're good reasons. It's not like people are just you know oh, I'm just going to not go to church. Um, they're a part of this church, and they want to be a part of spiritual community. And so um, I think for me, because I get a question like this a lot, is what excites you about VR Church? And I think for me, there's many things, but one of the primary ones is to continue to plant these spiritual experiences in the metaverse where people who are homebound or whatever reason they physically can't attend church discover us and they get really excited about it. They're like, man, I can be a part of a community again. I can go to church again. And then they come and they are experiencing something very beautiful, unique, and very special because a lot of what we do in the metaverse has never been done before in church history as far as world building and experiencing the scriptures in new ways. Like that's a whole podcast. That's a bonus episode with Alice and the build team. We get the whole build team in here and talking about building like Moses crossing the Red Sea and at Christmas time walking in, into the nativity and how those special experiences are creating uh, new ways to experience the scriptures. But um, Coldest and Alice, what do you guys think about like, I don't know, just people that attend that are not able to attend physically. I don't and Maybe you have some thoughts on that. I think it's really really amazing that it must be really amazing to be able to attend vr church if you can't in real life um it's just giving them people that opportunity for one for social interaction for you know spiritual community a place where you can lift each other up that you otherwise wouldn't have had um and if you don't understand it imagine if you were isolated somewhere um because even outside of that, loneliness is an epidemic and it gives you a chance to kind of combat that VR does, especially the church in terms of us helping each other. And there's tons of reasons why someone might be lonely or tons of reasons why somebody might not be able to leave the house, might not be able to interact. Um, there's just so many out there. <laughs> so imagine if it was you, imagine if you couldn't go and think how amazing it would be to finally find your people, find your community. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Particularly when we think of like the COVID, when COVID hit, you know, that was another layer that we could talk about as well. But um, when it comes to the topic of MMO church, we've had some people that are really curious about that. We're going to interview Pastor Coco. She's our pastor at Final Fantasy 14 online in a future episode. But uh, we have two churches in MMOs, Rust 
Final Fantasy 14 online. And uh, it, Cole, I'm going to get your 30 second take on the Rust Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we're planning these churches in virtual reality. We see this opportunity to create spiritual communities and massively multiplayer online experiences. And they've been really unique, very special. There's just so many different stories of, you know, one time um, an individual who saw our church in Rust came and asked for prayer. Uh, there was something going on, you know, in his family. And I remember like months later, we hadn't seen him. He came back in our discord and he just mentioned that. I was like, I really, I remember you guys praying for me in Rust. And I re- that was really helpful for me. And here's an update. And it was uh, just a really powerful story. And I remember one of our other leaders talking about how that was really special to hear that. Um, and so we'll save the uh, meat of that content for Pastor Coco's interview, and we'll also maybe interview Coldest then as well because you're part of the Rust Church. But uh, Coldest, thirty seconds on MMO Church because you've been to both. What do you, what do you what is your take on FF14 and Rust? Yes, I absolutely love uh, both churches. Uh, just because you know, uh, like picture you are you are just uh, playing Rust, playing Final Fantasy, uh, playing I don't know maybe War of Warcraft, like whatever. And suddenly you are you start getting messages on global chat like oh the the service for today is about to begin uh, come to this location yada yada, and suddenly <laughs> you can like you can stop playing the game and just move to to a location inside of the game, and watch a quick thirty minute uh, service in game and that is just mind blowing like you can be playing any game on Sunday on Alice Sunday. And you wouldn't, in a million years, uh, expect to be actually attending a service in game. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And uh, the images are are wild; they're amazing, and uh, I love it. Well, Coldus and Alice, I think we're going to land the plane here. There is—I don't think I got through half the topics we were going to talk about, but that's okay. This is episode one of season one. We're just getting things started. We are going to fit these topics in. Uh, throughout the season and i'm really looking forward to to chatting with you in your individual episodes and that's going to be a lot of fun but uh, i want to say thanks for everyone listening to the podcast today the future of the church is the metaverse before we go a special thanks to our diamond sponsors at digivangelism and churchblock.io we'll see you next time <laughs>